Welcome, everybody, to Season 4, Episode 6 of So Strange. I'm your host, Andy Myers, an author and a paranormal researcher who is lucky enough to be joined once again by the one, the only, Orion. And Orion is the co-founder of Illuminating Hearts and a renaissance human with many talents in service to evolving himself and humanity. Orion is a diverse, biodynamic, and mindful organic sound farmer, sound dealer, producer, composer, filmmaker, field recording wizard. He's also a pragmatic mystic, a Jedi, a stand-up philosopher, biomusicologist, listening lab leader, and an ordained minister through the (laughs) Universal Life Church. Let me catch my breath. You do a lot of things, homeboy. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, there's so many more too, but hey Andy, how are you? I'm doing great, buddy. It's a real treat to have you on. Uh, for a lot of our listeners, you probably heard Orion last season. We we got a little long-winded, which was amazing. We went like over an hour. We broke that episode up into two different segments. And I was like, I got to have this guy back as a semi-regular guest because you know just enough to be dangerous in a lot of different areas. And <laughs> so we'll never run out of things to talk about. No, my friend. We will, we will always have a multitude of topics and subject matter to... Uh, Parlay between the two of us, if you will. So what are we talking today? Are we going to dip our toes into the conspiracy theory pool? Oh, let's start in the middle. All right. Because all the best stuff happens in the middle, you know? The great you ever area. Yeah. open up in the middle of the book and go to page 99? You know? I've heard it that put that way that for writers, you should look at the page 99, and if it's still got momentum, you're in good shape, so... <laughs> there we go. So what is the middle ground if we're talking uh, so, conspiracy? Yeah, I've been watching this um, this Air Force uh, whistleblower um, that's been the hot topic about, you know, for the past couple of weeks. And it seems like, you know, there's the camp that agrees with him that says, oh, thank goodness for coming out and telling us this and, you know, why we've been being lied to for so long and we're ready for the truth. Um, and then there's the camp that says, ah, oh, baloney. You know, you're just, what's in it for you? Where's the money trail? Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's hard. It's hard to want to tell your story if you, people are feeling like you're trying to get something out of it all the time. I feel like we live in a world where, you know, we're now to the point with these, you know, AI technology able to do deep fakes and alter mm. celebrities' voices. We're left wondering what's real, what's not, you know, blurring the the lines between reality and fiction, which is going to, I think, going to have huge political and economic uh, effects here in the near future. But yeah, when it comes to UFOs, I mean, is this real? Is this guy sitting on a on a gold mine of evidence that can, you know, turn upside down our whole belief system, or I should say, the belief system of some people? Yeah, or the one that's been written, at least. You know, that belief system, the one that's been written and delivered, the one that we've all hinged all of our bets on. Um, but also have scratched our head and our chin and let's go, wait a minute, something's wrong with this. It, just, just, it doesn't smell right. It doesn't feel right. Um, you, Back yeah. behind me, one of, I'm sorry, one of these yeah, no. books on my shelf is called AD. It stands for After Disclosure. Mm. And the book was written by uh, Richard Dolan, and I'm trying to think who else. But it's a really cool book. I, I read it over a decade ago, but it's the book's about what would happen uh, from a political standpoint, a religious standpoint, economics, uh, pop culture, socioeconomic ramifications. What would happen if we had definitive proof? Like no longer speculating, alien spacecraft comes down, lands on, in the middle of Times Square. How many people would lose their marbles? How many people would be excited? What would happen to the world as we know it? Do you think we're going to find out the answer to this in the near future for real? 
Brother, I hope so. It feels like we're that close. It really just, it feels like it's just that far away because I think inevitably with enough, um, the thing about a good question is, is you have to provide a good answer. Otherwise it won't go away. You know, so we've had good questions for a long time, but n the answers have been good. And I think we've gotten a lot of truthful ones, but what do we believe in? You know, I can, I've, I've told on the previous podcast, I've told about some of my sightings and some of my experiences around Sasquatch and UFOs. Um, and you have to know me to believe me, right? And that was the whole point of the movie, We Are Not Alone. The one we did about Christy Peterson is the invitation for those. You may not know Christy, but watch this film and you'll get to understand her. And then there's the invitation to tell the story. So I think we've got a lot of storytellers out there, but unfortunately, um, that doesn't come without uh, a reciprocal action. You know, here we are in physics. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, right? So if you're talking about things that people aren't ready for you to talk about, um, this guys he may be sitting on a gold mine, but right now he's sitting on a little bit of hell. You know, yeah. with, with I can't imagine that. I can't imagine what it's like trying to, number one, be the first thing that people do is discredit you. You know, by any means necessary, any means necessary. And it's, like, yeah, it's not always, you know, the air is not always uh, clear at the very top. You know what I mean? I, I recently watched a little uh, interview with uh, Elon Musk, kind of went down that rabbit hole and love him or hate him. I mean, yeah. just, people, you know, take both stances, but he lives a pretty lonely lifestyle. He's like, it, a lot of people want to be me. It's not all cracked up to like what it seems because it can be lonely when you're at the top. Everyone's trying to knock you down. Everyone's trying to discredit you. Um, you know, you you may have big accomplishments and big success, or you could fall flat on your face, and history is just going to oh. run you over and smear your image. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a that's the best part about um, starting off in Omaha with any type of business or any type of work is if you're going to fall down, it's the place to fall down, right? You're falling down in front of you know a little less than a million people in Nebraska, as opposed to like 3 million in LA. And then everybody knows and you can't go out your front door <laughs> without being the UFO guy or the guy that had, uh, you know, goblins. I just heard a friend of mine just told me, uh, she's a body worker and, um, she just told me about this, uh, place in hella Kentucky or something. It's a place in Kentucky where a guy sent these podcasters, a, uh, letter saying that his family's being harassed by goblins. Yeah. And it's this whole series. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I believe it's called Hellier. That's it. Uh, yeah. It's the, the Kentucky Hobgoblins. And it, yeah, it was a whole documentary. And I uh, actually have a synchronicity involving that myself. But yeah, it's really? yeah, it's it's crazy. They got more goblins in Kentucky than they know what to do with, apparently. But <laughs> It's all the caves. It's all the caves. Yeah. Yeah. They have Mammoth Cave. They have more caves oh. than they know what to do with. And if we're talking Sasquatch, a lot of people theorize, well, I mean, Kentucky, I believe, is top five, definitely top ten for Sasquatch sightings. Are they hiding yeah. in the cave systems? Yeah. You know? And Blue Ridge Mountains, that whole area, which if you've got mountains, means you have caves. Bingo. Yeah, Tennessee, yeah. notorious for cave, intricate yeah. cave systems as well. You know, but in terms of, like you were saying, you know, if, if your reputation is damaged in a place like L.A., it's a big deal. Yeah. I would also say on the opposite end of the spectrum, if your reputation is damaged in a very, very small, small town, place. small town America, right. you're also you're also screwed because that's everybody right. knows everybody's business. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's, I lived in a, a little town in Rawls, Texas. It was about 2,000 people, and I had skunks that uh, took up residence underneath the bedroom in back, and we had to um, 
had to handle them as you would in a Texas small town. And um, everybody knew. Everybody knew. And they were like, hey, did you get your skunks last night? I heard that shotgun blast. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> What's the skunk situation? <laughs> it's talk of the town, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, everybody has them. Everybody deals with them. But, um, yeah, okay. back to that, that reputation, that's, that's a big deal. Um, whether you are a podcaster or whether you are um, a person in politics, um, it's always about who are you? <laughs> what yeah. do you stand for? What do you believe in? And can I believe in you? And can I trust you? And you know, what What do you think would happen, Orion? I'm going to put you on the spot and just ask you point blank. What would happen if this whistleblower came forward with undeniable evidence? No more maybes, no more speculate, mm. no more government saying, okay, there's something out there flying around, but we don't know what it is. Yeah. If we have hardcore undeniable evidence where every man, woman, and child on planet Earth says, okay, aliens are real and they're here, how would society react or how would different uh, areas of society re react? Would we, yeah. are we ready for it? Are we not ready for it? I think, you know, I'm going to quote Hagrid. I got to have to just quote Hagrid from Harry Potter. And he says, Harry, uh, I'll paraphrase, but he says, Harry, we don't know what's coming, but when it does, we'll meet it when it gets here. And I think that's the only honest answer we can have. Um, and we might behave badly. Uh, we have a track record. The United States has a track track record of behaving badly and being a big bully. Um, but we'll see. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot more story here than just the existence of ETs. Um, it goes as far back as the 1800s in Bible verse. You can find existence. Um, I was listening to a podcast, a concrete podcast, it's called, and the woman was an expert in Christianity and UFOs in the text. Interesting. Yeah, she said there's like, I think, if, if I do this right, I think there's like 14 different instances that show up in biblical text. Well, anyone who knows me knows I'm not a biblical expert by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, you start to hear things like the scriptures of, like, Ezekiel's wheel, and he's talking yeah. about a flying, glowing object in the sky that's, like, wheels within wheels, and he goes on, like, a magic carpet ride, and it's like, okay, yeah. he, what was going on there? It sounds yeah. like an alien abduction kind of situation. Exactly. And, you know, I think there's a little bit more to expound on your question of, um, you know, what's going to happen. And I think Hagrid's a good, good lead in here. But the next point is, is what do we want? Right? Because if we're going to go after the ultimate quest, that is to bring alien technology, whoever finds that alien technology first and brings it here, off-planet technology, they win. Game over. Yeah, that's it. You know, but I don't, I think we need to move a towards the spiritual aspect about it. And I think that's the messaging I've heard time and time again from experiencers who've met with ETs and had the telepathic communication. They said that your technology has surpassed your spirituality or your consciousness. Um, I think yeah. that's a fair, that's a fair statement. Uh, you know, it's, you know, are we becoming more disconnected as, you know, we're from the outside looking in, we're getting smarter. Yeah. You know, we have, we have these, you know, computers and cell phones that border on magic. You have AI, which is crazy. <laughs> but are we spiritually, are we maturity-wise, are we keeping up with our technology? I think we're mm. kind of falling behind a little yeah. bit. It is interesting, though, and you have your foot in a lot of different worlds as, as uh, I brought you in and read all your credentials. But, you know, I do think it's interesting that, you know, there's an intuitive element. A lot of people, I mean, I, now I'm asking you a question, by the way. 
Are you have you noticed that there's a lot of people who have ET encounters and abduction encounters that have that are they vary they're spiritual they're intuitive by nature yeah. and it's like the chicken or the egg you know are they spiritual and, and intuitive because they've had an ET encounter or vice versa mm. I think I believe that that it turns it on I think we are all uh, coded exactly the same uh, we all have that same basic human code in us um, and I think it gets carried forward lifetime after lifetime. And we can find the science that shows this, that your coding and programming gets carried forward from your family. Now, don't confuse this, what, what your medical history is. The doctors will ask you that. And that's Western medicine. Let's put that over here. But let's talk about how your legacy of your great-great-grandfather and his fear got passed on to you or the trauma that came from um, great-grandparents that experienced the Holocaust or any other type of atrocity that's happened on this beautiful blue planet floating in this crazy <laughs> space. <laughs> what do we got to worry about? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. We're just a blue and green marble flying around at, yeah. you know, umpteen thousands of miles, miles per second. Uh, yeah. I don't know. You know, so um, how, how would we take it? I think we would be fearful at first. I think we would adapt. We're really, we're pretty resilient people. We just survived COVID, right? And that, that was what it was. But Kim, I think this can happen in Two potential ways. Either the government's going to just straight up and say, yep, sorry, we've been lying to you for a long time um, because we didn't think you can handle it and here's what to expect and here's what's happening. Here's 100% transparency and accountability. Or you're just going to get a giant ship <laughs> or a fleet of really small ships right. even. You know, we think really big, but I'm going to go back to Douglas Adams. What if they're, you know, three inches in diameter we think of space and aliens as always being big but they could be microscopic like the the biome of our guts you know yeah just like the equivalent of little uh bacteria you know yeah. coming out of the mothership and and canvassing the planet yeah know? yeah the whole idea like from uh, men in black uh on orion the cat's necklace he had the little solar system going on in there yeah it's yeah. all about size it's all a size thing <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think some people are ready for a disclosure and I think some people won't. And I think the people yeah. who are won't, won't believe it no matter what. Because yeah. if it interrupts their belief system, if it disrupts the religious status quo, they will, I think they'll live in an alternate reality where they just, they don't believe what they don't want to believe. If there's a spaceship on, you know, that's landed on the White House lawn on TV, they'll say it's CGI. Yeah, and, and they'll just start. They'll live in a different reality. This is this is already that way, Andy. Kind of. We're, yeah, 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 we're already living yeah. in these different little pockets of reality as you go yeah. from you know, um, drive. We just came back from a tour. We did five thousand five hundred and fifty miles, and there's all these little pockets of reality as you kind of drive drive the interstate system of the United States, and it's just it's just that side of the United States. It's not even the whole picture. And it's so big and there's so many kind people out there and there's so many wonderful people doing wonderful things and there's so many people that are curious about these different realities um but you know we live in different realities as the day goes as it is you know especially when it's hot outside i want to be inside <laughs> the air conditioning down in my studio <laughs> i i hear you man I, I i was telling somebody the other day like my goal for this summer is to stay out of the sun and out of the heat i look at all these crazy people sunbathing at the pool and i'm like not this pasty guy. I like the, I like the color of my. I'm gonna be white. Not yeah, I'll own it. Yeah, I might yeah. be misidentified with a ghost eventually, but yeah. I'll have lovely skin when I'm 80. You, right? you do. You have great skin. You look good. <laughs> and you notice. This. So 
I brown up so quickly. I spent a year building decks here in Omaha, and this is just what happens to your skin, you know. And right away when I go outside, it just goes whoop, brown from being outside. So, um, so I want to ask you a question. Ooh, the interviewer becomes the interviewee. Yeah. All right. Are you integrating any of this, any of the new ET stuff into your books, into your new books, or is your books? Are they specific to past life experiences? Yeah, I'm all over the place, buddy. Uh, I, I've been meaning to write a book that touches on uh, monsters, myths, mysteries, maybe some UFO stuff. You know, maybe like, a, you know, the weirdest mystery from each state or from each country, oh, yeah. something like that. But thus far, I haven't. My books up to this point, the four books I've written are more in the psychic, self-help, spiritual wheelhouse. Uh, my, my next one coming up is a, a called Old Soul, Young Spirit. It'll Good be day. out uh, this this summer, hopefully, before the summer's over, and it's very much about past lives. Mm. But I have another book that's already completed and ready after that, and that, that next one is straight-up humor. There's no self-help. There's no talk of uh, psychic stuff or intuitive things. It's just straight-up humor, and even, I'll say, like, dark humor, inappropriate yeah. uh, inappropriate humor with an uplifting twist. I love way. it, dude. I'm all over it. I, we were on the road when you had your first comedy thing, right? Did yeah, you? well, we ended up having to reschedule it, but it's, oh, it's coming. It's coming eventually. I, I, now I have to ask. You said you guys drove five thousand five hundred fifty-five miles. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, was that a synchronicity or was that playing to a? Well, it's cut? it was. I can't. I'll, I'll be honest. I rounded up on that last fifty-five. Oh, that's so right. um, because you know, by the time we got back to the house, uh, we did the last two days. We did two ten-hour days, two ten-hour day drive to get back because the dog got sprayed in the face by a skunk in Bisbee, Arizona. <laughs> so I, we yeah. Could, I was like, I saw I mentioned that, and I'm like, you guys saw some stuff. You oh, got like man. shell shock coming back. Man, after 5,000 miles, the only state to get pulled over in was Nebraska, two hours away from home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Seven over, you know, but a warning was had, so everything was groovy. Um, so I want, I'm really curious about your books and, and when those are going to be coming out, and are you going to be touring behind those at all, or are you – yeah, I, I've, I've, yeah, uh, nothing planned concrete yet. I will be in Kansas City uh, along with you this this summer. We're doing the expo here in a few weeks. Uh, but yeah, once my books are out, we'll be touring around. And my daughter has a, a Bigfoot children's book coming out that we co-authored together. Dude, so yes, we're sitting on three books. I just need Dude. to find the time to publish them and get them out there. And yeah, uh, you know, you know how it goes. Some would you say one time. Um, human doing instead of a human being yes yes you just get so busy and you get wrapped up doing this project and that project and mm. when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Did you, let me ask you, in, in your journey, because you guys made it all the way out to, was it California or Washington? Yeah, we, or we, we did. We went straight up to um, Sioux Falls um, okay. and did uh, one of our favorite yoga studios there, B Yoga. And then we scooted right across whew, all the way through Montana and Wyoming and played some venues there and then did... Um, uh, Seattle and then down Portland and then, um, California, um, and then back through Arizona. 
Living the dream, man. Living Dude. the dream. Yeah, I tell you what, it's it's road life is something else. Um, I love it. I love meeting people. I love going into people's, um, being invited into people's homes to do a session and set up gongs and hold space for people, and just meeting people. Um, we've got caught by so many wonderful road angels. They literally were like rolling into town, needing a place to stay, and they're like, "Here, stay here. Here, eat this food, and here, take this." And we'll, it's so hard to receive all that. It's like, dang, this is awesome. But you know, from a spiritual standpoint, you can't say no because then you'd be denying that person the, the joy that comes with giving a gift. Right. So you accept right. it gladly. I actually just did a, a past life reading just an, a couple hours ago for a lady in northern Washington. She's like right, she's like hugging the border of Canada. Mm. And her property backs up to a beach that's like virtually private. It's just like private property. And she has an empty cabin next door to her. She was like, I tell you what, if you come up here, you got a free place to stay. I'll give you a tour, get you, bring your passport. We'll hop over to Canada. And as you know, that's Bigfoot country. That is. And I told her, I was like, I will be there in August. I just got to cross the T's and dot the I's, but yeah. I will be on a plane this August. I'll be up in Washington. State. There you go. There when you, you go. were, when you guys were doing all the driving, like you said, you kind of dr drove through all these like nooks and pockets and like micro cultures and, I mean, as you're driving along, as an intuitive person yourself, can you can you like feel when the vibes have shifted for better or worse? I mean, oh, for sure. Like, was the was the vibes heavier in certain places or more squatchy, or did you did any place feel like you could you know see an ET any second? Yeah, yeah. So, um, my experiences on this trip were I was so Brown Dog got sprayed in the face in Bisbee, and we were at an Airbnb. So Bisbee is just I don't know it's it's the, it's an hour. Uh, north of the Mexico border, right? So mountains going down. And the whole town is built on this kind of mountain. So everything has this hill to get up to it. There's like 32 steps to get up to the Airbnb. So we couldn't bring Brown Dog in the Airbnb because he'd gotten sprayed in the face by a skunk. So I thought it would be best if I slept with him on the patio. Just kept him in his basket on the patio. And so I stayed up. And about 3.15, these three owls started you know and i'm like whoa <laughs> owls where's the ufos where's the bigfoot you know right right yeah. so that was that one and didn't see anything didn't go sleep but here's the here's my favorite so bigfoot is our sasquatch satanga the hairy hairy folk of the woods whatever you want to say um they are notorious for dropping giving marbles as a gift like you could be at your campsite you'll find a marble and you if you've ever looked into a marble they're quite meditative you can stare into those for hours so i think they can conjure these out of dimensional realities and put these things together to make this like gazing stone is what my feeling is and so on our way through the drive i asked for a marble and i got a marble i got a blue marble in san jose california right in the middle of town right doop, right by the car it's just sitting right by your car. Yep. Oh my Boop. gosh. Right on the ground by the passenger side. See, the universe is listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, and they are. They're kind of hypnotic when you look at it, but just goes to show if you're looking for signs, you'll you'll tend to yeah. see them, right? I have an idea. Um, that I have a friend uh, who who makes. He's a glass blower, Matthew Schrader, and he makes these giant marbles. They're big. And I thought those would be the perfect gifts for Sasquatch. If you're going into <laughs> woods, you can leave marbles. So I'm kind of brainstorming with him, see if we can't get together some mass of marbles to that make it a thing so people start dropping these big marbles. 
That'd be that'd be awesome, man. <laughs> instead of Coke, yeah, instead of Coca Cola and Snickers and you know sweets and those drugs, let's just give a real big ass marble. <laughs> I mean, you have to carry around like a bowling a bowling bag, and people yeah. are like, where are you, where are you going bowling? Oh, it's just a marble for just Bigfoot. Marbles. <laughs> marbles for the foots. Yeah, totally. I'm just, and I'm sorry to hear about your dog getting sprayed by a skunk, but like after the fact, it's. I mean. <laughs> I'm just picturing your dog gets sprayed by a skunk. You're sleeping with your dog on the on a porch. Owls are hooting at you like they're about to, you know, start pecking at you. Like this is something <laughs> out of a comedy movie. Like this is yeah, a yeah. this is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, did you ever once in your life think that it was going to come to this? You're sleeping no. with your dog on a porch and no. he smells like a skunk. I I own well, Astara and I have eleven gongs um, and the same amount of bowls, and I never would have ever conceived of working in that space. I never knew that you could use sound to help people relax and heal and find some holding in their world or to, you know, to dream um, and to dream without being asleep. Uh, so, you know, we've got a sound event coming up this weekend. I'll plug just, it, man. Give I'm us all the details. It. So uh, it's at Bancroft Street Market here in Omaha. And it is this uh, Saturday night. Starts at 7. You can show up at 6.30. Bring some comfy comfy nesting materials stuff that you want to lay out on the ground with um and enjoy the ride because we'll have you we'll put you down for an hour and play some play some sound for you and let you do some dreaming and some traveling and uh be with other groovy people awesome where can people get tickets to that event you can find your tickets at illuminatinghearts.love or astararaven.love that love, I dig it. And people can people get tickets at the door if they show up. Yeah, okay. absolutely. It's a little more expensive. It's like five bucks more, but yeah. You know. So plan ahead, people. There you plan go. Plan ahead. Bring some squishy stuff to lay on. Wear your comfort clothes. It's like a giant slumber party. There's there's usually about forty plus people in the room. So yeah, it'll be fun. Bunch of beautiful souls. I mean, beautiful I can't souls. imagine anybody who's less than amazing shows up to these things. Oh, so many amazing people. It takes a lot of courage to come out and do something new like this, like have a sound bath. And it's, yeah. it's a, these gongs can open a portal. You can time travel, lickety split. There you go. Yeah. Uh, if that's the case, I want to travel back to simpler times. I want to, I want to <laughs> visit my, uh, my last lifetime in 1920s New York City. Oh yeah, know? dude, that's totally you. You keep bringing that up, and uh, you've yeah. got—that's you. I can see you there, right there, a little dirty kid in the alleyway. Some <laughs> newsy. Hey, yeah, we got papers here. Well, get, come get your paper. <laughs> Terrible acts. I'll be better at accents oh, in my no. next lifetime. Dude, yeah. you're perfect. So, what have you heard lately, conspiracy-wise? Oh, I've I've heard some doozies. A while back on on I think it was a super strange bonus episode. I was talking about the kookiest conspiracy theories. Have you been to the Denver airport? Oh yes, and Denver. I hear lots of great things about it. Go ahead, let's <laughs> open this one up. That place is so big they don't even know what to do with it. I mean, mm -hmm. like like I've always said, you know, the the property is so huge. You you get on a shuttle to leave the airport. The shuttle takes you to the rental car place. You drive like twenty five minutes on this interstate that's airport property. You arrive at the rental pl place. You know, twenty five minutes away, you're still at the airport. <laughs> I'm like, how many underground tunnels do you need? Like, and what's what's down there? Is that where they keep the spacecraft that were reverse engineering? You know, I don't know, yeah, but I don't know. And then, well, as you know, on the inside they got that giant uh, apocalyptic mural of like mm -hmm. doomsday and people wearing masks and children crying it's just the most bizarre mural yeah murals artists and murals are weird they've always been weird i think we've always painted strange things in strange places um but we also embed messaging uh you know the fun thing about artists is they're always a little off their rocker <laughs> 
<laughs> right in that line between genius and madness. Yeah, right? it's it's a dimensional realities. You know, it's just a completely different dimension than most people live in. But you know, um, wow, what a big airport! I actually heard of a photographer who was filming the airport from outside. At uh, he was able to capture craft above, kind of coming and going by filming things in uh, super slow speed. Ooh, okay. So that makes you wonder if. You know, are they interdimensional? Because oh, this, sure. is, this is kind of the thing that you hear, Orion. I mean, anymore, a, a lot of people are like, okay, they're out there, but like, what are these things? Are they crafts from another planet? Are they us from the future? Or are they, maybe they're not coming from other worlds at all. Maybe they're interdimensional, coming from different realities, different timelines, yeah. you know, almost yeah. so interesting. Yeah. So we caught them on slow speed. Slow speed. Just adjusted and his shutter speed and they, then then he could see them. Yeah. And I've caught that through with my camera as well. So um, I caught what looked like a tic-tac on my last, on this trip um, in 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 Arizona. Um, and it comes across the screen. It comes in the side of the screen like this and then it goes down like this. And then here's the interesting part. It goes whoop. So <laughs> That's the part that makes it interesting. Is it it makes changed, that, changed directions? It wasn't It wasn't a right hand, you know, it wasn't a perfect square, you know, making a perfect square perpendicular, you know, journey up. It was kind of smooth and went whoop. Just wow. this little white thing and came, comes across and I got it. You have to really look at it. But in order to see it, you have to drag the cursor so you're going half speed. Sure. Because sure. otherwise it's really kind of fast. Um, yep. And I have had stuff show up on my iPhone literally in the last frame because it takes like six or just a couple frames, six frames, uh, uh, you know, during that live action, whatever. But yeah. you scroll through those sky shots and you'll pick up stuff. I mean, I think a lot of uh, high, like high definition, you know, higher end cameras are doing like, was it 60 frames a second nowadays? Oh, yeah. Something like that. But it's it, 120. They do 120 even? Oh, even more. Wow. My camera will do 120. Um, and wow. the really high speed, high speed stuff that they film, like uh, the bullet going through the orange or stuff getting squashed. Um, those are, those are really fast. Okay. Well, you know, you watch these videos of, you know, YouTube videos and stuff. And it, if you catch like a helicopter, you ever seen a video yeah. where the helicopter's blades, they look like they're standing Sting completely still, still yeah. but the helicopter's taken off and you're like, what's going on? Yeah. Well, it's the frame rate exactly matches yeah, totally. the velocity that the propeller's spinning. Yeah. So Isn't in a similar funny? note, it makes you wonder, like, maybe that's all we need to do is adjust our, you know, shutter speed to match the, the frequency that the UFOs are traveling at and bada bing, bada boom, we can see them. We can see it. I think somebody should just develop some glasses that will help you see in the different light spectrums. Um, yeah. and you know, we talked about that on the last podcast with, um, uh, you know, like the real tree cameras, the hunting cameras that use, sure. you know, that use infrared to trigger them. And we, we're all in agreement that everyone's in agreement that Bigfoot can see infrared, but people still put those dang things up. So, I mean, the general consensus among the Bigfoot community, if you want to see a Bigfoot, throw away your trail cam because mm -hmm. they don't work. Like they're a deterrent. No, no you know? I. They know when you when you pull up and turn your car off. They know you're there, and they know yeah, what yeah. you're there for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know if this is true, but it's worth a shot if we do go to that uh, reservation in Nebraska and and look for the big fella. But you know, it's been said that if you if you want to increase your odds of finding Bigfoot, pick a location like go camping at a quiet campground, stay there for about three days, and get into a pattern like a very mm -hmm. easily easily recognizable pattern get up at the same time go to bed at the same time do the same activities throughout the day because if bigfoot is observing you that familiarity will make him 
uh, I don't know, uh, drop his defenses a little bit. It'll make him curious. It'll it'll make him safe to know. Hey, I'm going to get a little bit closer because I know I know these guys' schedule. Yeah, you know? exactly. And that's kind of what happens when you go and live off in the woods or in the desert um, when you're really alone, right? Because the first and when I was in Joshua Tree, uh, I was hanging out outside doing my meditation, and I could hear in the distance this strange noise. And the strange noise was getting closer and closer, and my curiosity peaked. And it sounded like a vehicle from Mad Max and Beyond Thunderdome was coming down the road. It was a garbage truck. <laughs> but it's so quiet out there, the sound travels forever, and you get curious. And if you're out there and you're kind of bored and you, this is your life, you check out everything that comes into your purview, whether it's... You know, a small sound off 10 miles away or uh, some, a water drip at the back of the house. You're going to go look. Yeah. 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 It, it, and, and again, sound. How important is sound? It's it's healing. It's it's there for survival. It's, you know, wrapped up in music, which music transcends cultures and yep. time. Like music is part of our soul. Yep. So, yeah, sound itself is, you know, as a guy who's passionate about sound, you know all this. I'm just saying things you already know. Well, we're sharing it with people, you know, and so one of the other things about sound is most Bigfoot sightings uh, occur quite accidentally on rivers or waterways. And if you've ever spent any time on loud mountain stream waterways, they're very loud. And that's why they happen, because you're almost sneaking up on them. They can't hear you. The frequency pattern is so full of the river that you're masked as you come in. And they're also masked. That's why they're there too, because they're masked and hiding too, but travel ways. And so river, river spaces are really hot, hot places. Um, and just, I think I'm, I'm with you. If you go into a space three days, eat real clean, um, meditate, be real clean with your intentions. Um, and they'll come find you. Yeah, I, I like the eating clean thing. That's something that wouldn't have crossed my mind until you brought it up. But maybe you're right. Maybe Bigfoot can smell us. And it's like, man, this guy smells like Old Spice and high uh, high fructose corn syrup. Like, I'm not yeah, coming near these yahoos. Yeah. Dude, if you've ever – so I quit smoking about six years ago, and my nose is super sensitive to smells like laundry sheets. I can smell someone coming on a walk from over a block away. I can smell their laundry softener, their fabric softener sometimes. <laughs> and then you can wa literally walk through a cloud of some people's cologne and perfume, and it will hang with you for blocks. And it's it's amazing. You don't notice it unless you notice it. Well, good old hound dog Orion there. you got a <laughs> future as a bomb-sniffing dog at the airport maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and all thanks. Hey, maybe maybe that was the key is stopping smoking because then the sinuses opened up. And, Truly, it is. You know, you, know, you could smell. Um, I was walking in my own. I was wearing so much cologne because I was self conscious about the smell of the 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 cigarettes. Mm -hmm. But as people, you know, uh, ha! Here's the story. So the skunk, right? So I'm taking care of Brown Dog. I'm in close, washing him, trying to get it off his face. There's a product uh, I think called Scouts and. You know, I'm not advertising, but it works. <laughs> it's at uh, PetSmart, um, and it's it really works to get rid of skunk smell. But nonetheless, so I'm right there in the middle of all the skunk smell, and I can't smell it anymore. Interesting. It's potent, and I had to take Brown Dog to a star and be like, here, smell this on him. I don't know if it's still skunky. I can't smell it anymore. You had gotten so used to it. Yeah, you get burned out. I had some uh, cousins that had a pig farm here in Nebraska, and we showed up from Omaha one day, and I'm like, oh, my God, it smells so terrible. How can you even live here? Next day, couldn't even smell it. No, you just smell like a pig. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's one of the things that uh, pretty standard all across the board with Bigfoot sightings is more often than not, they reek to high heaven. Right. A lot of people report they smell like a mixture between hot garbage, wet dog, you know, all mm-hmm. this. And every time I hear it, I'm like, leave Bigfoot alone because he's so accustomed to his own smell. He probably thinks he smells like roses. Like he doesn't notice. <laughs> he's, Bigfoot's organic, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's au natural. Oh, I went, I'll, I think we're getting close, but I'll pass this along. So I've, I think I've got a T-shirt idea, and you can please take this and run with it. I'm the idea guy, but take it and run. It says, "I'm blurry like Bigfoot." Oh, nice! I love yeah. it. Yeah, or I'm I feeling blurry. I've been excusing myself lately. At the end of the night, when I get tired, I said, oh, "I'm getting blurry like Bigfoot. I got to go to bed." <laughs> <laughs> Gonna phase out into another. Yeah, I've color. already started. To... Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Getting blurry like it. Bigfoot, man. That could be a great. That could be a whole meme in and of itself. <laughs> blurry like Bigfoot. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think we covered a lot of bases. We covered mm-hmm. uh, skunks. Uh, we got Bigfoot marbles, conspiracy travel. theories, time travel, alien yeah. motherships. Yeah, that about puts a bow on this episode. That is. That well, is. Ryan, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, we'll have you uh, on again next season. And I'm going to let, you know, dealer's choice. I'm going to let you decide what the topic is next time Ooh. we have you on. It can be anything you want, my friend. But nice. uh, until then... You take care, and uh, next time I'm going to pull you in for a big old squeeze, and I'll I'll be the judge if you still smell like a skunk, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this dude's skunky. (laughs) (laughs) All right, thanks, my friend. Thanks for having me, man. Good night, Andy, and take care, and have a great day, and thanks for leading the charge on sharing this very important information with people. It's my pleasure, and thanks to all you listeners, and we'll catch you next time on another episode of So Strange.